0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. We're talking about mission today, if you didn't notice. Um, We've been doing a bit of a series lately where we're doing four-week cycles and we're going to continue uh, until the sort of end of November. And the week one is foundations, week two is family, week three is spirit. That's where we had our worship night last Sunday night. And this Sunday we're talking about mission and I guess today I'd like to talk about that this evening for a few moments. I'm going to cut my message and we're going to be out of here. I'm going to finish at 10 past 6. Do you reckon I can do it? 19 minutes? Watch this space. Hey, um, mission is not a trip to India. That's part of it. A missions trip is awesome and I would recommend if you've never been on a short-term international missions trip, one day when the borders open, I encourage you to do that. I, I, it changes our lives, maybe even more than it changes other people's lives that we think we 're going there to help. Has anyone experienced that it 's like oh i 'm going to make such a difference i 'm going to go and i 'm going to change the world and you go there and it 's like you 're the one that has the world changing experience, and you come back and you 're like, Oh man, I brought into this consumerism I, what have I been doing with my life the, the you know the the abundance that I have, and you know they're they they are more content they 're more happy with what they have than I am with what I have. I think mission trips are brilliant for us, but that's just a part of what I think the mission of us as believers and the church is. I want to read such a well-known passage, but please don't switch off because I just want to take a different look at it tonight, Matthew 28:16 to 20. It's the Great Commission. Verse 16, I'll read from the New King James. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17, then they saw him, they worshipped him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. How hectic is that? Literally, there's 11 left because, you know, Judas, the Judas story. But, um, and, and yet they're still doubting? Like Jesus has risen. Literally, he's there in the flesh and they're doubting? verse 18 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all the things that i have commanded you and lo everyone say lo 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 low. no boots with the fur I am always with you, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the Great Commission. Commission, what does commission mean? It means power and it means authority. It means power and authority. That Do you know that Jesus has given us his power and his authority? If I was to, the Great Commission, I could articulate it this way. It's our common mission. It's our cooperation with God his mission. It's our commission. I just pray and I believe that tonight something I speak about would encourage us to be like Christ to our world. It's our participation. I remember recently I did a course with these guys here, Alan and Troy McDermott, um, the mate course. It's um, training people and awareness against domestic violence. And one of the things that they talked about in this course was um, complicit bystanders. That people, if they do nothing and they sit back and watch an awkward situation playing out, well, then you become a complicit bystander because you had an opportunity to act and you did not. I feel like so much time in my Christian walk personally, I've been a complicit bystander for God when I should have been a faith-filled disciple. I've been there and I'm like, oh God... I, Holy Spirit, I feel your prompting. I, I wish I had the courage to say something. I wish I asked, could ask to pray for that person, God. I wish I and I've been a complicit bystander when I've seen someone in need and not acted. Have you been in a situation like that? Our job is to make disciples. We have a problem in our world, man. When some of the reports on 60 Minutes seems like extremist groups in our communities are building better disciples than the church is. Can I get an amen? It's crazy. Go, therefore, and make disciples. When we see therefore in the Bible, what do we need to ask? What's it there for? Thank you, Kenedra, on the front row. No, it's really Nedra, but it's got a K at the front. Go, therefore, and make disciples. What's it there for? If we've got to ask what the therefore is there for, what's it there for? Well, well, the going comes after the all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he gives us our, his authority to us. Christ gives us our authority, his authority. So we, we don't walk in. It's not me going in there. It's not go, therefore, Caleb, because you're a legend. No, no, no. It's all authority from heaven (laughs) through Christ has been available to us. So when I go, it's not me. It's not my confidence. It's not my skill set, although he works through our skills and our talents and all of these things, but it's his power at work within us. That it's him. Has anyone seen like, or can you remember maybe when you were a kid or if you've got kids like, You know when kids fight and they're back and forth and they're bickering and then then someone plays the parent card? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, no, mum said that it's my go on the PlayStation. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I'm talking about? That's what this is like. is like, no, 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 God said that all authority has been given to me. So it's my go on the PlayStation, you know, whatever it is. Now, I can walk into that room bold. Not because of what I am, but because of Christ at work within me. What would change if we truly understand that we had Jesus' authority? And what would change? It would change our prayer life. And I think it would change our thought life. I think it would change our calendar and our time management. I think it would change the way that we use the resource that was given to us. The prodigal son story is an epic one to illustrate what I'm, what I'm trying to say about this authority. I'll, I'll give it to you really quick. I know many of us would know this story. There's a son that stranger's pretty much says, Dad, I wish you're dead. Give me my inheritance now. Goes and blows the inheritance, comes back, and, and then the Scripture says that while he was a far way off or a long way off, the father saw him coming, ran out, threw the biggest hug around him, put a robe on it, around him, sandals on his feet, and a ring on his finger. And the ring represents the authority of the Father. So that this kid that didn't deserve it, that didn't earn it, that wasted his inheritance, came back and the Father gave him his authority. We don't earn the authority of God. No, 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 it's been given to us because we are sons and daughters of him. So go, therefore, because all authority has been given to Christ And it's been given to us through faith that we can go and make disciples. I know this is crazy, but I want to change the world. Do you? And I'm happy if it's just my neighbor for now. Because that is my world, especially in COVID. Because you can't go anywhere else. But I'm with you, God says. What would change if we truly believed that he was with us? that we had his authority and that he was with us. I went to a really rough primary school in central Queensland. I'm just joking. It wasn't that rough. Just trying to G up the story a bit, you know. Give me a bit of street cred. But I went to Emerald North State School. It was literally at the end of my street, like, you know, probably from here to to Goolwa, maybe. You know, the, the school at the bottom of the hill there. Really close. And, um... I remember my older brother was the grade above me, and he was bigger, stronger than me. So you know what? I wasn't scared of the bag racks at Emerald North State School. Do you know why? Because Isaac, my big brother, man, had my back. Like, and he literally, he was that big brother. Do you know what I'm talking about? That was like, Caleb, did that guy say something to you? Where is he? You know, like, that's what it was like. He was like that protector, that big brother. You know the big brothers I'm talking about? that were big in heart, but also big in a bit of muscle and wouldn't, you know, be afraid of giving them the fivefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? (laughs) But you know what that does for a young person as a confidence, knowing that my big brother was at school with me, at primary school? And what would it be like if we truly believed that God was with us, that His Holy Spirit was with us, that He acted through us, that all His authority had been given to us, and He's going to be with us always? What would I be scared of? What would I be afraid of? The language, that that payout, that like, really? The opinions of my peers, is that what I'm afraid of? No, because he's with me. My next question is this. If we're supposed to build disciples, what did Jesus present that people wanted to follow? I kind of learned that you've got to want it. Do you know what I mean? Matty Smith is over here. Gives Caleb, give us a wave, Matty Smith, and Pastor Caleb. Give us a wave to there. These two legends. Shano's another one. They taught me how to surf. And they had this saying that they used to say over and over again. It's like, you got to want it. Slats, you got to want it. And, you know, you're there, like, paddling, like, you got to want it. You know, like, and you're like, you know that peak if you've ever, you know, tried to surf before, and you're kind of at the peak, and you're like, I'm going to get smashed here. <laughs> and you're thinking, Am I, like, am I on the way from on the back and I got to drop in and am I just going to go straight over the falls? Do you know what I'm talking about? And they're like, You got to want it. I feel like there's a part of discipleship where it's like that. You got to want it. And are we presenting something that someone would want? Jesus seemed to do a brilliant job at presenting the message of his father in a way that people wanted to follow. It wasn't a judgment, it wasn't a, hey, You're out. You're out. It was a no, no, no. You're forgiven. Be healed. Hey, I want to have lunch at your place. It it was this crazy message that people wanted. What was Jesus' mission? How did he go about it? In Luke 4, verse 17, I'd like to read this for you. Um, It says this, Luke 4, 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. This is crazy. Can you imagine this this story? Jesus is in the temple is handed this scroll of Isaiah, which was a lot better than this one. And he unrolls it and he reads a prophecy, a messianic prophecy about himself. And he gets like, and and in the Jewish culture, it's been fulfilled in front of their eyes, and they're going, oh yeah, yeah, we know this. Our job is to memorize Scripture. We've heard the book of Isaiah. He was a great prophet. We respect him a lot. And Jesus, this promised king, they're not sure if he's the one that they've been waiting for. They were looking and he starts to read. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Then the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I love that it was good news to the poor. I love that it was freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to blind the oppressed free and the favor of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor. It reminds me of some of Jesus' other teaching, the least of these. In Matthew 25, he talks about this. I'll just skip ahead, but he separates these on two sides. He says he's, talking, he's separating the ones that are righteous and the ones that are unrighteous, and he says, then to the righteous he will say, Um, He separates them on the good side. And then he says, and then they say, they say, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and gave you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you at school without lunch? When did we see you pulled out of foster care without any belongings? When did we see you in India, unable to get an education, unable to feed your family? When did we see you like that, Jesus? Jesus. When did we see you broken down on the side of the M1? When did we see you lonely because of COVID and lockdown? When did we see you like this? And he said this, and this is Jesus' response. When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, And surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The way that we treat people image bearers of Christ is a demonstration of our faith and our heart and our love for Jesus. We can't love God, proclaim to have a faith, and not be on a mission. What a mission that we have, church. This isn't something to take lightly. This is an awesome opportunity that we have. The, the righteous ones were the ones that served others Without expectation of return. I think we're good at serving people that we think it's coming back. I'm guilty of this. Are you guilty of this? It's called a boomerang, but some people correct me and say boomerang. Depends on where you're from. It's a boomerang or a boomerang. But the idea is this, that I'll serve you because I know it's coming back. Yeah, sure, go for it. Borrow my car. Oh, yeah, you want to set a house? Awesome. But no, when I'm in your town, I'm staying in your house, and when I'm in your town, I'm borrowing your car. We're great at serving people like that. Do you know what I mean? We're good at serving people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do some sparky work at your house, knowing that you're a plumber, so when my toilet's broken, I'm calling you. When I need painting done at my house, a manual, man, I'm calling you. Whatever it is, like it's it's like we're good at serving people when we think that, or we know subconsciously that they're going to pay us back. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. When you did it to the least of these, the ones that never have any opportunity to repay back, that's when, that's when I'm in the midst of it. That's when you're my true disciples. That's when I call you righteous when you do it to the least of these. Church, there is so such great empowerment. There's such great contentment. There's such great joy in life in serving others. Seriously. I, I just want to be a bit harsh, a bit brutal right now, but if, if you're not generous with your finance, can I encourage you? Find something to give to. And I'm not asking, you don't even have to give it to Highway. I'm not saying that. I, I think a portion of our tithe belongs to the church. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that I think that you should give. I think we should be marked by our generosity. If we don't ever volunteer some of our time in life, can I encourage you to give some of your time to people that can't repay you? That person in your life that you know that they're lonely and you're pretending like you don't know, can I encourage you to have that conversation? To make that cup of tea? Whatever that looks like to you with no strings attached, with no expectation of future repayment attached. What is our mission, heart? I'm coming to a close right now. But if you've switched off, could I just have your attention for two minutes? Because this is the whole point of my message in two minutes. I have a daughter. Her name's Honey. She's one and a half years old. I am so in love with her. Like, I'm infatuated with her. I'm like, but she doesn't know how to process that. I'm like, honey, I love you so much. And I'm like pouring everything out in these words as i telling her, and she's like, shop, shop, or food, food. Like, she doesn't know. And I'm like, no, no, honey, you don't understand. Like, I love you so much. And she's like, dummy, dummy. You know, I'm like, no, no, you're not comprehending. This is like our God to humanity. It's like there's this miscommunication, and we are all his sons and all his daughters. And his love for us, like my love for my daughter, pales in comparison to how much Christ loves humanity. To so the love of the Father is so great for humanity. And he's like, I love humanity. Our job is to be that middleman. That, that's our job. Our job is to continue to show love with our words, with our deeds, with our actions, with our resources by any and every means possible to everyone that we come in contact with. If they're ready for it, awesome. If they're not, doesn't change a thing. Honey's not ready to comprehend how much I love her. Does that change me showing her? No, never. She can't comprehend how much I love her. Does that mean that I don't change a nappy? No, no, no. I might get him to do it every now and then. (laughs) This is our message. God loves you. And whether you're in this room and you're ready to hear it, to comprehend it, to place that in your world or not, it doesn't change a thing. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God loves you the example of Jesus is that it didn't matter where you'd been, where you come from or what you'd done, but you need to hear a message that Jesus loves you. Enough to allow his creation to nail him on a cross so that we could understand that our sin is not the problem. It's not separating us from him anymore. It's in our mind. God, I just pray over our church right now. God, I pray over every person gathered here. And God, I just ask, Lord, that we would have your missions heart afresh. God, give us eyes to see people the way that you do. Give us eyes to see people the way that you do. Give us eyes to see people the way that you do, God. Give us hearts, God, that can't help but respond with your love and your grace, Lord. Give us the boldness to speak the truth, we pray. God, give us the resources to be generous, Lord. And give us the conviction to follow through, Lord. Help us not to be self-absorbed, Lord, but help us to shift our focus. And God, I just pray, Lord, that we would understand that our role is to show the world your love. God, reveal it to us afresh right now so that we can minister it to every person that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you come, Caleb?